Hi there, you're listening to episode 125 of the Business of Making podcast. This time we're talking about your marketing DNA. We hope you enjoy it. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business of Making podcast. We are so excited to be here with you for another episode, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Deb. Hello. And Jess. G'day. And this week, we are going to be delving into marketing because what is a business without marketing? (laughs) And (laughs) pretty much nothing. And what (laughs) is marketing styles? And Deb has sort of a a thing that she's going to talk about, so I'm going to pass it over to Deb. I feel like the both of you are like, we actually have no idea what Deb wants to do. We don't know what we're doing. Lead us in, Deb. That's going on for the right. Yes, I want to talk about something called the Marketing DNA Test by Perry Marshall. It's going to be fun, I promise. (laughs) It's like a Cosmo quiz for marketing. (laughs) Who doesn't love a Cosmo quiz? Oh my gosh! Flashing back to high school. I know. Do they do magazines? I have no idea. They were fun, those quiz though. Anyway, I recently had that as a part, like just a little part of a training, but it's like the thing that everyone loved the most in it because it's a quiz, of course. (laughs) So everyone loved it. But also because I think it sort of helps you understand yourself a little better. And I think it works really well with our philosophy on this podcast and just like the values that three of us have when it comes to business and marketing, which is, you know, not everything works for everybody. And you definitely shouldn't be trying to be doing everything. And there's some stuff that you're probably more skilled at than others. And some of you are going to do really well on Instagram while others can do really well, but it's going to be a lot harder to do as well as someone that's naturally skilled for what the platform demands and et cetera, et cetera, on all platforms. So Harry Marshall is, I don't actually know how long he's been doing what he does, but he's essentially a marketing consultant. He's wrote a few, like many very successful books. Initially, I think just in the... PC, so like the paid advertising industry, so like Google AdWords, Facebook marketing was very much his jam. And I think he's been doing that like since Google started. Like <laughs> <laughs> A long time. A long time. And he's got the test called Marketing DNA. You can go to marketingdnatest.com. The website, I'm going to say it, is absolutely random. Be- no, it's beautiful. Okay, the design. Said it. It's so current. It's so current. It's like up with all the design trends. I love it's it. It's painful to look at as a designer because you're, you're like, <laughs> actually, it's probably painful to look at for anybody, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's been updated since 2002, but that's exactly exactly the type of stuff and that's what i was telling you girls like perry marshall's the kind of guy that'd be like why would i update and and redesign my website if it's converting well for me and this would be converting well for him because that's Mm -hmm. he's very you know data centric and all of that so anyway the test is paid but we're going to talk about it even if you don't want to take it because you can kind of do a self-assessment i think (laughs) i mean obviously (laughs) you can do the real test it's good i think it's 30 dollars I've done it and I learned a lot about myself and I was like, oh, this is kind of true. <laughs> but I have my results and I can share them as we go along so you can all like judge me on those. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we can do a little fun self-assessment. So essentially what Perry thinks is that 
And actually, this is from his website. So I'm actually going to read a quote from you here. He says, many sales and marketing courses say that everyone can do it and that this will work for everyone and that this is a system and the system never fails. And you've heard that. I mean, we've all heard that when mm-hmm. you know, you're being sold on a course and a system and a step-by-step thing to get you to success in your business or whatever. The truth is, he says, if something's worth paying money for, not anyone can do it, nor should they. There are some sales and marketing tasks that you excel at and others that drive you crazy. And essentially, he's like, we need to figure out what you're good at so that you can do more of that and a lot less of the stuff that your brain just isn't designed to be doing. Because you can spend your entire life improving on those areas where you suck at and you will end up being pretty good at them. But if you spend the same amount of time improving on what you're already naturally good at, you're going to be excellent in those areas. So there's essentially four kind of components to the test, like there's four, let's say, scale. And I think we can go through them one by one and then see, and then I'd be interested to see what you girls think you are as well. (laughs) Um, So the first one is you're either a producer on one end of the spectrum or an alchemist on the other end of the spectrum. So hold on, before we go in, yeah. before we start the quiz, are we, uh, because obviously I'm not doing any marketing at the moment, are we judging this based on our marketing style at the peak of us being good marketing? Well, people? you'll see it's also about your personality and how okay. your brain is wired, I think. So I think even if you've never done marketing before and you're trying to work out what your marketing DNA is, you could take this test. Okay, cool. Because cool, even cool. I don't remember exactly the, the questions in the actual test, but I don't think they were really about marketing. They were more like, do you like to talk in front of public? Do you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. Are you a planner? Are you, you know, it was more like, mm. well, now I want to take the test and I'm going to yeah, spend the bloody $37. It's really, it was weirdly accurate. When I read mine, I was like, oh, that's awkwardly true. And mm. a few things where I was like, oh, I don't know about that, Perry. And then it's just because it was triggering to me. But then I sat with it and I was like, no, he's right. He's absolutely right. This is definitely going to work. I love that. I disagree. <laughs> it was your um, Perry, I think you might. Might find <laughs> actually uh, anyway so yeah the first one is producer or alchemist now an alchemist is a person who loves to invent innovate create generate ideas recombine different ideas so essentially alchemists prize originality they dislike doing the same thing twice <laughs> they generally resist following instructions and often make things from scratch just because they can. So whether or not it's a good idea, just because they can, they're like, I'm just going to do this. Mm -hmm. Alchemists drive methodical people crazy. (laughs) But ironically, on a team, each needs the other in order to produce a balanced, holistic result. So the extreme alchemist is a person who scores really high on... So, okay, how do I explain that without you having a visual... Essentially, put producer on the left and alchemist on the right. If you're an alchemist, you're a 10. If you're a producer, you're a zero. So it's not that mm-hmm. zero is bad and 10 is good. It's just that it's kind of like this moving scale. Mm-hmm. So that's alchemist. And then on the other side, you have the producer. And it's obviously, that's the opposite. So the producer loves plans, follows routines. <laughs> I'm just laughing because you're already like ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> Abuse to plans, follows routines, make things predictable. A producer is a person who arranges, systematizes, codifies plans, scripts, and stages everything. Producers are generally not interested in novelty or anything like original, like originality. They hate surprises. They embrace systems and processes. Things are tied and true. If your number one strength and largest font 
Oh, wait, no, wait, I'm reading the wrong sentence here. <laughs> that was how to read your test. No, no, no. Okay. Well, I guess you, you got the idea. So you're essentially a producer or an alchemist. And it's not like, I think it's important to say like, it's not bad to be an alchemist, so it's not bad to be a producer. Yeah, it's just either end of the scale. So which was which? Producer was zero, alchemist was 10. Mm. So what are you, Deb? I'm a three. <laughs> yeah, nice. What do you think you are, Jess? I'd say I'm more on the producer end of things, but I'm certainly not afraid to try new things. So yeah, maybe maybe it's in the middle, but towards the producer end of things. Yeah, you like, I like to have regular yeah. routine stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, I really I wish I was down that end. Like I, everything you were reading, I'm like that would be so good. And you know, I do actually have. I spent time writing out all my systems and all but I never follow them and I always accidentally start something from scratch I'm like I feel like I've done this before like yeah or yeah so I feel like I'm definitely up the other end like even as far as an eight maybe but you know like you might also be a fight like if I know when I was doing this training someone was like well I'm good at creating system I'm just really bad at actually like putting them in place and following them after yes, that. And yes, I, like, well, that's you, what I... You might be just in the middle. Like you're not yeah, bad okay. at systems. It's just that in the actual, like you have a, a good brain to put systems together, but then in the actual routine work of doing the it, implementation, your, your yeah. alchemist kicks in and is like, I'm not doing that again and again every day. Like that's boring. And so <laughs> you might just be in the middle too. Mm, okay, I'm going to say five then. I, I, yeah, I feel like I'm a producer Maybe who six. has bursts of alchemy every 12 months or so. <laughs> I think that's a good place to be. Like I'm routine, routine, routine. I'm really bloody bored now. I need to do something new. <laughs> and then that turns Let's just into start a new YouTube routine, channel. Routine, routine. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I yeah. just have that like every second week. It's great. It's really good. <laughs> Are you considering transitioning to full-time with your handmade business? If so, you'll be happy to know that I'm interrupting a conversation to talk to you about a guide that's going to help you do exactly that. We know it can be scary to jump into your handmade shop being your sole source of income. And so we made it a little bit easier for you by listing out everything we think that you should consider both on the personal and business financial levels so that you feel confident you can transition to full-time safely and that you're not forgetting anything. You can get the guide at thebusinessofmaking.com slash getfreebies and that's all in one word, getfreebies. And you'll also find the link in our website at thebusinessofmaking.com. Back to the show. All right, the second one is words or images. So are you more a word type of person or an images type of person? Images. That's so funny. All right, let's see. So so this time words is on the left side and images on the right. So images would be 10 and words would be zero. Words denotes a person whose strength is either writing or talking. So if your number one strength is words, every other strength is driven by your passion for language. You obsess about expressing ideas in just the right way. And that's Jess. <laughs> Definitely Jess. <laughs> An almost right word is not good enough. <laughs> it has to be the right word and right phrase in the right context. <laughs> Here in specific people. Yes. Images refers to the person who prefers to communicate visually, whether through photographs, drawings, videos, charts, graphs, or live demonstrations. If your number one strength is images, it means the first thing you're prone to do is figure out how to show somebody something they can see rather than um, explain way up there. Mm-hmm. I It's funny, though, because, again, like maybe I'm sort of in the middle because I do really like 
words and writing and talking. I do like that. But even when I've been trying to teach online, just struggling to verbalize and articulate, like it's a struggle for me. It's hard for me to do that. And I would much rather just stand there pointing at the poster and like drawing on it and like showing the students like what to do. So definitely closer to me. Yeah, I mean, that's even a running joke on the podcast where Michaela is like, I can't find the words for this. (laughs) I can't articulate. And it makes me feel really dumb. And I know I'm not dumb. No, but it not. is much. It's harder for me to articulate things well. I was just going to say goodly <laughs> without practice. Like I have to practice it to be able to do oh, it well, and no. which is why this PhD is like a bit of a mind fuck. Like that I've I've passed the main hurdle now where I have to like get my mind back into like how to actually write academically, which is mm. really difficult after fifteen years of just visual. <laughs> everything yeah. so yeah oh, mm-hmm. yeah no I'm definitely the opposite end of the spectrum well, I'm a five so there you go I'm right yeah <laughs> we're a good mix we're a good yeah. mix it makes sense to like I, I can see because I, I love expressing things visually and I love all the graphic design part of my job or like graphs and visuals and curves and things to explain concepts but also love to write and it doesn't bother mm. me to just have to write 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 yeah mm. I, prefer, I prefer to talk these days like I can't remember the last time I actually wrote a blog post mm. Yeah, but see, I used to love writing blog posts. Like I would write to the bilio. Like that's an interesting scale, Mm. I guess. It's a – like I love doing videos, but it's about the talking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's important to know as well. Like so words doesn't mean actually writing because there's probably a lot of people going, oh, Mm. not not really writing. No, like spoken word as well, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Maybe I'm actually closer to the middle than I think. Yeah, and that's the difference between, like, say you're on Instagram, that's the difference between, like, going onto, like, a store, like, doing a story or doing videos a lot more on the platform or using more your visual graphic design skill to Just create nice pictures, little yeah. pictures and photographs on your feed. And you might find that it's really difficult, but you love doing the stories because it's easy for you to jump on and just, like, talk about something. Yeah, so maybe for you, recording a video takes three days because you keep missing your words and you just have to redo it and you know it yeah might. just how far down the scale do you think you are towards mm, words? pretty like, far down like zero you're zero <laughs> no i don't think i'm zero <laughs> i do like a good visual representation of something mm. if it's if it helps to clarify something but i'm definitely much more of a words person like mm, yeah. i mean just even as soon as you said that deb i'm like well mick watches movies i read books yeah you know like it's the sort of medium you prefer to absorb as well as I think the sort of medium you Mm. prefer to produce and I have no trouble talking like I can give me a topic and I can talk like Mm. I don't yeah 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 words I don't Mm. yeah that's uh this is this is tripping me out because (laughs) I'm actually agreeing with you I'm like as in I like to do that too so Mm. but less so I don't know Mm. yeah weird Mm. I don't know yeah all right the next one is recorded or live recorded is on the left so you would be a zero or recorded live on the right so you'd be a 10 and that's i mean that's pretty straightforward like essentially oh my god this gives me yeah this is so funny i'm, I'm so clearly more one person here but anyway live is the person that sell from the stage that sailed in person that can negotiate under pressure this is like the person that, you know, basically can wing it and just be like, oh, whatever. Like, you know, this, I don't want to put into like a stereotype and go like the salesperson, but yeah, someone that's just like. The person who plays it by ear, Deb. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's someone who has no problem doing a presentation live or talking live in front of a crowd or presenting a webinar 
or things like that that are live and with a lot of possible impregnability and questions from the audience and stuff versus mm -hmm. recorded you like to sell from inside your cave <laughs> <laughs> don't want to be in front of them you want to hone your story to perfection first you don't like to get a hard yes or a no from one person too much rejection <laughs> you'd rather get your answer from a report that says you got a 1.36 response percent response rate <laughs> that sounds like deb that's much more like me i think but <laughs> it's funny like in what am i yeah i'm a three so i'm definitely more recorded and i think it's mostly because Yeah, I can get a little, and it's funny because it's like, I've got a podcast and I do videos and I'm constantly coaching and teaching. And so people probably don't think that of me, but I'm actually slightly, I can be pretty shy socially and I, I can have a bit of social anxiety in like parties and things. And so I don't like too much live. Like it would be not possible for me to like run this business if everything was live and I get really drained from like live mm. like I, as much as I love them while I'm doing them like when I do a live challenge or a live course or whatever I'm like this is so fun when I'm doing it the moment it's finished I'm like I need a nap like six hours <laughs> <laughs> like it just demands a lot more of my energy and I think I definitely like that really resonated with me the thing where you hone in your they say your story but for me it's more like what I want to teach like I want to really think through and break it down and not forget any bit. And I'm always worried that when I teach live, yeah, stuff goes out the window because you forgot a line or you forgot. I don't know. I just, I'm a recorded person. <laughs> mm. I'm definitely the opposite. Live all the way. <laughs> I, but I don't know if that's because of the reasons that they're saying it's because I don't want to edit it. It's like, just get it done. <laughs> it's, just it's time efficiency. <laughs> But if you're really not liking live, you would prefer to edit just to avoid the discomfort of it being live. Yeah, no, I enjoy doing things live mm. as long as I'm practiced enough. Mm. Well, this is this is the thing. Like as te you and me, Mick um, are both teachers by training as well, so we have a lot of experiences standing up in front of a classroom and having mm. to do having to teach something. Like you have yeah. to keep those kids engaged for you know. I was primary school like five five hours a day every day. You. <laughs> You get over the fear of not saying the right thing pretty quickly yeah. because you just have to. Yeah. I think if I hadn't trained as a teacher, I might be a bit different, but mm. I'll just say I'm a bit torn on this. Like Maybe you're in the middle. Yeah, I like I love doing pre-recorded stuff because it's done, it's up, great. I also love doing live stuff, but mm. I'm similar to Deb in that live stuff I enjoyed at the time, but then afterwards I'm drained. Mm. But that doesn't mean I'm not good at it. So, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I think no, that's, but, like you know, that's the interesting thing with that test. Like the way Perry, like in his test, actually asked the questions, it's meant to find the stuff that you're like, forget your training essentially, because he does talk about that. Mm. It's like you might have spent your life doing a job that demanded you to do something that you weren't naturally good at, but now you're really quite good at it because you've got experience talking. So, mm. it might be, you know, the teacher training helped you become much better at it, but maybe initially you weren't. Mm. Well, the, do you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like yeah. you can become. I can't remember his quote, but essentially he says if you spend oh, – I'll try and find it. I'm not going to misquote him, but I'll find it. Before. Yeah, I'm definitely, again, socially shy. Like I'm an introvert. Yeah. I hate going to parties where I don't know people. I hate conferences yeah. where I have to make small yeah. talk with people. Yeah, small talk is the worst. I found – I just find it draining and stressful and not at all fun. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, so – but when I'm on stage or I'm the teacher, that's completely different. Yeah, I'm I agree. And I'm the same. Like, and I think that's definitely the introvert extrovert thing because it takes mm. a lot more energy to do that to mm. to put put it on. You know, like flick yeah. on the switch. Yeah. yeah. 
Whereas oh, extroverts are just like cool. on all the time. Yes. yes. <laughs> they gain energy from that, whereas we like depletes us. Correct. Yeah. I still enjoy it, but, yeah, it depletes me. I like know. if I had to do live stuff every week or every day, I'd be like, yeah. when I was a teacher, I was freaking exhausted at the end mm. of every day. I had yeah. to spend like five hours that night by myself. Like my, thank God at the time my partner and I, like he'd go to bed at like eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, and I'd be up to like midnight reading a book by myself in the silence because I'm like, I just need to be by myself. Like de, de, um, what is it? Destimulate. <laughs> yeah, too, yeah. Too much overstimulation for the day. I just need, yeah, I need yeah. to go away. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think like. I had to do a fair few presentations and stuff when I was doing all the, like, essentially, I feel like business school is one presentation after another. And, it was, mm. and I, like, I just, I was always sick in my stomach. Like, I would always have a pain in my stomach and be like, I hate this, I have to do this. Mm. And then there's a move to Australia. And I remember when I first started doing videos and stuff, this felt a lot because it was, like, live in English was a lot different than live in English for you because I was like, I will mess up sentences. I will do grammar, yes. like issue, like, you know, there was this added stress on top of me already not mm. really liking it. That's yeah, definitely right. gone now. And I'm like, I don't really care. A, I make a lot less mistakes. And also I don't care when I do it. <laughs> yeah. But that was, that was definitely piling up to me not really being wired for live stuff. Like I would never mm. imagine like a job where you have to ring the door and like sell whatever people sell. No. Like, no, no. like I can't chat into, no. like I, I'm just really bad at it. I'm not, it's just not my strength. I need to plan. I'm more the person that would do a really good pamphlet and put it under the door. And be like, mm, this is yeah. convincing, you know, it's, document. I mean, the whole this whole quiz is kind of interesting because it's like, is this what we aspire to be or that we like doing or is it what we're good at? Because I don't want to knock on people's doors and do shit like that, but I'd actually be really good at it. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. meant to be what you're naturally good at. Yeah, right. But it's funny that you would be good at something but not want to do it. Yeah, mm. that's possible. Like it's I the same when I was doing markets. Mm. When I was doing markets, I didn't like being at the markets. Like I didn't want to stand there selling and talking to people and stuff. I wanted to pay people to do that for me. Yeah. But I was still good at it because I'm really good at the small talk and I'm quite friendly and, mm. you know, I could do that quite yeah. easily but I just don't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, let's do the last one and then we can maybe just go back on those four kind of scales and see how mm-hmm. this can help you sort of like, you know, because as you said, like markets is definitely a life thing. Like if you hate it, mm. it's maybe not so- it's something you can probably do, like get over it for a couple of weekends. <laughs> yeah, I hate for, it. for a couple of days, but it's yeah. not going to be like your long-term business plan, you know what I mean? And there's different uh, yeah. things that we can talk about like which platform would be a better fit. And then within each platform, there's also different way of using the platform that might be a different, a better fit for you. Mm. So the last one is analytics or empathy. So empathy is probably the most. Let me guess what you are, Deb. <laughs> okay, give me a number. I'm actually looking. I'm like, what am I? Oh, yeah. I say about the three of an analytics. I would say you're definitely towards the analytics side, but you are empathetic. So yeah. well, know. we don't know the definition of these I'm things. Yet, so say what they are I'm first. right in the middle. Really? Oh, yeah. okay. oh, I would have thought you were down there. Anyway, yeah. explain what they are. Okay, yeah. empathy. It's probably the most important thing in copywriting and marketing in general. People with high empathy have an almost psychic, psychic sense of what people want, aspire to, feel, experience, fear, loathe, and all of that. A bunch of MBAs with no empathy is a totally logical proposition that nobody ever seems to buy into. Every sales and marketing team needs at least one high empathy person, and that person will be crucial for the scripting, messaging, and strategy. Obviously, his test is also for teams and stuff like that. But anyway, mm-hmm. but empathy without analytics is the Google AdWords campaign with great ads that's a screwed up mess. 
It's the salesperson who, it's the salesperson who thinks they can sell their way out of any situation, but struggles with, with feast and famine cycles because they don't pay enough attention to the numbers. So analytics in the 21st century, a guy or gal with an extremely analytical bent has all kinds of magic powers in a marketing organization, especially online where everything is measurable. He or she will almost always need to be surrounded by alchemists and copywriters and together they will make a formidable team. When you're a data-driven person, you have to be in the game for the long term. The sprint is a losing proposition. Susie's personality is way too persuasive in the short run. Many analytical people are introverts. In fact, they could never do what they do if they weren't. The analytical marketer usually needs the support or company leadership to let the data determine what decisions get made and not give in to the whims of the latest fad or trend. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. It says when you put an analytical person in a sales situation that doesn't require analytics, they have no reason for existing. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. The schmoozers walk all over them. And then it says, occasionally you find an analytical person with empathy. This is also a person who can write his own ticket. So apparently that was me. That's you. You're a unicorn. Yeah, I think it's like, oh, I'm such a unicorn. (laughs) You are. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And I think it's very clear there that, like, sadly, you need need both. So, like, if you're more Mm. on one side than the other, it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to just do that because you'll still need to learn how to be, like, I think empathy is really important in like, you know, when we talk about like ideal customer and branding and messaging, people who have a good sense of empathy don't really struggle through those concepts because they're just like, oh yeah, I understand. Like I can see what my customers really feel and want and desire. Versus mm-hmm. the analytical people like, uh, no, can I put money on an ad, please? And just look at the data and tell me if it's working or not. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting too, like these scales, are they're not actually opposites of each other like Mm. the opposite of an empathetic person is like a narcissist which is not the same as an analytical person so yeah the the scales are quite interesting too Mm. how that's working together but anyway it's not like one is bad the other is good and that's the case with opposites it's more so like it's a tendency and i think it's kind of Mm. how you read the market is it with data or do you read it because you really get what a generation is going through, what a next day is, what a, you know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Deb's the unicorn. <laughs> I feel like, Jess, you'd be, like, pretty near the middle too, right? Yeah, I, yeah, think, I think so. so right? I couldn't I couldn't really pick one or the other there. Mm. Mm. How do you guys then do the work? I feel like they're different, like, mind frames that you'd have to switch between when you're then doing the work for those types of tasks. Yeah, like, mm. Yeah. Can you do both at once or you have to do like one and another? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. It's very much, to me, it's not even the same task, like writing an email, writing a sales page, writing, you know, this is very much stepping into empathy and going like, okay, what are the messaging that I'm going for, like the messages I'm going for and the story that I'm going for. But then I guess linking that to the purpose, which links to the analytics, like yeah, the, the reason analytics task this comes like later, and you're like in a dashboard or in a spreadsheet or in a whatever your stats are for an hour, and you just look at that, and you're yeah. Like, See, I don't, I don't find that stuff like I find it interesting for about five minutes, mm. and then I'm like, eh, yeah, I'm done now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not into deep data mining. Yeah, I think it's important to look at, and I definitely do keep my eye on it. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Mm. Mm. I'm definitely up the empathetic end. Like I, mm. similar to you, Jess. Like I do find data interesting. 
for five Mm. minutes (laughs) and then I say okay but why because I'm much more qualitative than quantitative so like numbers numbers whatever but like the two percent I want to know about or the 98% like why are they saying that or you know like I want to know more I want more information yeah yeah hey there maker are you loving the business of making podcast we're loving bringing it to you but we really need your support to continue producing the show You can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. And depending on your level of support, you can get perks like behind the scenes and extra special content, including video, a link to your shop on our website, and even a shout out on the podcast itself. Every month, we also release a secret podcast episode available only to our platinum patrons. Just head on over to thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash support. There's something that he, uh, last concept that he explains in his, um, I guess, test results stuff is that you can be a chameleon or you can be an eccentric. Hmm. Because my score was 3355, I'm either in the middle or pretty close to the middle for all. I turned out to be a chameleon. And so that means that I score right down the middle on most of all the categories. She's a unicorn. If, well, you know, yes, I know, like it, it's, it's again, like, it's like, it's just who you are. And then, you know, there's, there's definitely stuff that's not nice about being a chameleon because it's like you can do a lot of different things. And maybe then you don't do any really well because, or, or you overdo too many things because you're not able to say no to anything, you know. And that's that a, sounds like them too. So you get over <laughs> I read it, I was like, really hard. And... Oh yeah. So like, you can wear all the ads, but yeah, you know, should you? Yeah, no, that's a really good point because if you can do everything, yeah, then you probably will do anything. Yeah, everything if, there's, of if that's you, most of the blah blah blah. Being chameleon means you can wear a lot of hats in, your, in an organization. You're very flexible. You can handle most jobs competently. Chameleons are great team members for eccentrics. And then the eccentrics is the opposite. So that's when you, you have a lot of very extreme results. So you might be an archi- like a nine, you know, like you're very much an archi- mm. so you're very much live. And so if, uh, what does it say about this? Essentially, you're the opposite of a chameleon. Your skill set is very polarized and most likely your strengths are very strong. So that's why it's actually good too, because yeah, there's stuff you really are not going to be good at, but the stuff you're good at, you're really good at. And so it's a, it's a real... I feel strength to have that eccentricity, as Perry says. Likewise, though, your weaknesses are likely very weak and it's necessary for you to surround yourself with chameleons and eccentric whose strength complement your weaknesses. That sounds like me, I think. Mm. This is really interesting because, you know, there's all those things about in business and in academia or whatever, they'll be like, what are your strengths? Find out what your strengths are. Find yeah. out. I've always struggled so hard with that stuff. Yeah. Mm. I'm like, I don't know, I'm good at that, but I'm also good at that. I don't know. You know, like we do a lot of this in our, in our, we have like this unit called professional evidence where we're trying to get the students. Mm -hmm. I mean, it goes through the whole degree, but we're trying to get the students industry ready. And we talk a lot about the soft skills of Mm. specific strengths, like interpersonal communication or this communication, blah, blah, blah. And there's like a ton of different tests that we get them to do. And it's also, I mean, and this is the thing with any quiz or test that you do, especially online ones. I feel like it depends so much on the day that you do it. It's like, how are you feeling at the time? And are you, again, as I was saying before, are you answering objectively or aspirationally? Like, I would like to be more like this, you know, like, so yeah, I don't know. The whole, the whole thing is really interesting. And I think generally what we say to the students is like, do, do a bunch of different ones and just see if there's any trends and then base your answers of your strengths and weaknesses on your experiences. Like, how did things go? Like, when you were talking to a client about having a refund and you found it extremely difficult, 
then that is an indication that, Mm. you know, your interpersonal communication skills maybe are lacking or your negotiation skills are maybe lacking and that's something that you need to strengthen. So I think it really goes back to like just think about your experiences that you've had, Mm. what is easy for you and what is difficult and that's Mm. kind of how you can identify what your strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of reflection, (laughs) lots Mm. of like you've got to always reflect on stuff. Well, I think that's what these sorts of things are useful for, Mm. like any of those personality tests. I'm always of the don't take them too seriously, but kind of like astrology, it's like I don't believe it actually exists, but what you can get from it is how it makes you feel. It's like Mm. the flipping coins test. Like, you know, I I think we talked about this in a previous episode where you, okay, if you can't make a decision between two things, flip a coin, call it, and then see how you feel when you get the result. Yeah, if you're disappointed. (laughs) If you're disappointed, you wanted the other result. Yeah, Yeah, so I feel like all of these tests are like that in that they give you that sort of sense of, Oh, does that really feel right or not? And so you can learn a lot about yourself. Or, you know, just buy both pairs of shoes. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. When I read my results from him, because then, you know, there's pages of results that he gives you, it was very spot on. And I felt Mm. like I was like, oh, wow. You felt seen? Yeah, I felt seen. I was like, Jesus, you really read me well here. Like it was even to like what I should study, which is exactly what I have studied. And, you know, all these stuff, I was just like, wow, that's, yeah. That's well, that's cool. cool. I'm I'm gonna do it. You've sold me. This is not a this is not a sponsor. This is not a sponsor. You do not have to do this test. But. Does he have an affiliate program? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he probably does, but we we don't care enough. Not in it. <laughs> but yeah, I think like you know to bring it back to like why it's helpful as well as that it forces you to think like oh right different skills different platforms different things and maybe that's mm. why we should like take a few minutes to talk about because. Like you take that and then you're like, well, now what? And if you haven't tried platforms, and maybe this is where we can give our insights, like outside of what Perry teaches, Mm -hmm. platforms are different. And if you have never tried any, you don't know what Instagram is like to work with or what Pinterest is like to work with because you've never worked with them, you might not know. You might just jump in because someone has a really good empathetic sales page (laughs) that tells you that this will work without fail. And that's exactly what it says, right? Like people will tell you this will work for everybody. And it's like, no, I won't. It just won't. No. Absolutely won't. So like, and it's hard, like I don't want to put platforms in boxes as well in doing that, but there's definitely some things I think that we can sort of assume are true. Like producer, Mm -hmm. alchemist, Pinterest, man, you got to be a producer. (laughs) Yeah. It's a producing thing. Like, yes, there is an element of like. That's uh, why I still haven't got my Pinterest sorted. Maybe. And you know, people will tell you, no, it's actually a really graphic design, like, you know, thing, like just create images. It's fun, but that's like two minutes of the job. And then you have to like schedule them. And it's all like, it's, yeah, it's either a tailwind, which is going to be schedule and time slots and thinking, or it's a spreadsheet with schedules and slots, like your systematic, like it's a system, Pinterest. And it's very much, and so some people love, love, love it because of that. I think that's honestly why I fell for it initially because my brain was like, this is great. <laughs> and some people really want to love it, but can't do the work that it requires because they're like, this is just not, like, this is just not me, you know? Mm. Versus like the alchemist is more, it's, I feel already a little bit more on the social media platforms. Yeah. It, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, this is interesting because we obviously just talked about what we what all were on the different scales mm. and the visual speaking spoken wordy thingy. Mm. Like you guys don't like Instagram generally, and I yeah. it's my fave. So yeah, that's interesting because <laughs> I like it for captions. <laughs> 
I'm like, mm, just post images without any caption. It'd be fine. <laughs> like back in the days where all you were posting is like like the date or whatever when it was actually a photo app. Yeah, so I think like producer, definitely a Pinterest thing. Archame is probably more social media. Words and images because you are just talking about that. I mean, that's also, that's nuanced, right? Because even on Instagram, like if you want to use Instagram, but you know that your strength is words, you can spend more time writing long engagement captions. And oh, yeah. yeah, but then you need to put that on a blog post as well. Mm. I do. Might as well. Yeah. Or send it in an email like yeah. we talked about in that other episode. Yeah, repurposing that content. But if you're like, why is my Instagram, like, why am I not able to make it work or do the, like, not really enjoying the work or whatever? It might just be that you're just trying to make a beautiful feed and greed and whatever and obsessing over images when it's not your forte and, and your words are more important and you can have longer captions that, and vice versa, you know? Mm-hmm. Or if you're like words, but in the spoken sense, then yeah, videos, stories, and things like that. Recorded versus live. I mean, that's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Recorded video, live video. You could be sent. Some people love to do live sales or like live, like you know, un- unveiling the new collection or live promo. Mm. The markets and craft fairs and stuff is very much a live thing. Or some people like to sell online. Yeah. <laughs> Where they don't have to interact except through a couple of messages. Yeah, with their customer. yeah. like just emails and messages. Don't call me. <laughs> and I and I rely on, you know, search to find me. And yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I'm definitely- That's actually a funny one. Like I was like, oh, yeah, actually, I'm definitely a text versus phone person. Like don't call me. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, yeah, I like have a phobia of the phone. I just Me won't. too. Why are people yeah. calling me? I feel like they all do. <laughs> Or text really me like to tell me you're calling me so I can prepare. Oh yeah, I make appoint. <laughs> I make appointments to have conversations on the phone yeah, with people. Really? Like it's- we'll call at seven p.m. on Friday night. Okay, cool. I just don't even ever like. And so the trouble when we were doing our renovations was I had to answer the phone all the time because it was important. Oh. It was builders coming oh, and builders I didn't know who it would be. Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hate that because they also yeah. call me because Nick, like it's not that I'm not at work, but he can't pick up. He's in school. Yeah, so they call you. They call me, and I just hate it. And they, they do not do emails. They do not do texts. Like trades and like builders and all that. Very yeah. much just pick up the phone. They're super, super onto that. And I'm just like, oh, what? Okay, like. <laughs> There's a reason I don't have a business phone number. Yeah, and I never, yeah. and I never will. Yeah, I had to put my. <laughs> I probably shouldn't admit this on live. Whatever. This is this on is recorded on air on this recorded on air public. <laughs> thing i had to put my phone number into a work form for working from home and i was like god damn it now they'll have my phone number <laughs> didn't want my boss to have my actual phone number uh, uh, hmm. uh, anyway okay what's the next one and then analytics and empathy okay this one i think is important to realize you're screwed wherever you are like you need <laughs> like you need those. like i think this one is more of a reality check to see which one you might need to put a little bit more effort in mm-hmm. but there's no way you're going to have a successful business without any sense of like empathy for like your audience your market and your customers or yeah. analytics for understanding how it works behind the scene you just need to be aware of where you are so you can kind of like work harder on the other one i feel like the majority of people in our audience are too far towards the empathy side Probably. generally speaking yeah. yeah and struggle with the analytical side yeah, yeah. At least in my experience. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that might be something you just have to work on. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. And, you know, it's not, again, like none of this is like if you're like an eccentric or chameleon or you're like, you know, like there's no wrong or right. Like as we were saying, they're not, no. it's like they're not like that's good, that's no. bad. It's more kind of like where do you fall under and, and what can you do with this information kind of thing. Yeah. It's just like what we were just talking about before, just like 
identifying your strengths Mm -hmm. and weaknesses. So if you have a strength in one thing, just working out how either you're going to improve your own skills in the other thing or how are you going to get that into your business either by outsourcing or whatever. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a quote before we probably wrap up that I finally found you were saying. People sell very differently. Many of the ways you've tried to sell in the past have been jamming queer pegs into round holes. And you're not the only one who struggle with that. Almost everyone has. If you spend your life developing your weaknesses, at the end of your life, you'll have a collection of strong weaknesses. However, if you build on your strength and hand off tasks outside your strength areas to others, you earn compound interest on your efforts. Eventually, you develop a natural groove and possess a, pers- a possession. Pers- I can't pronounce this. Persuasion style? Pers- Persuasion? 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 Now I'm forgetting how to pronounce it in French. Instead of persuasion. So it would be persuasion? Persuasion. Persuasion. I think so. You just put the at the end instead of the N sound. So I think I was trying trying to Frenchize this word a little bit more. Persuasion. Anyway, uh, persuasion style, (laughs) that's very much wrong. (laughs) But I like what he says about this and, yeah, you you end up being pretty good at what you're bad at. If you do it a lot of Mm -hmm. times in a row, you you have strong weaknesses. Because you can't do it all. People will tell you that you can. You can't. People will tell you that every platform will work for you. They won't. I mean, you can, but you won't do it all well. Exactly. And I think that's the whole point, right? Like, what is it? Jack of all trades, master of none. Like, that's not going to get you to reach new heights in any way. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you decide, like, should I sign for this program? Should I sign up for this new platform? Should I do this or that? Like, actually ask yourself those questions, like, not just because everyone is telling you, yeah, this is the new thing on Instagram. You should definitely go live mm. every day. Ask yourself, like, how will I do live every day? <laughs> and mm. it's terrible. And will I actually be, because there's nothing worse than being, for example, live on Instagram when you don't have live skills. Like, mm. it's not, it's going to be terrible for you. And yeah. And I think, too, that's when people end up being so, so busy. They're so busy in their business. They're so, so busy, but nothing's happening because it's like you're just trying to – Yeah. I I was going to say a bad thing. (laughs) You're just trying to polish something that's not ever going to be shiny. So, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Use your time wisely. Thank you all so much for being here this week. I think that was really fun. I like – obviously, people like talking about themselves. I like talking about myself and analysing my – things so that was fun hopefully you all um sort of went along with it and you know had a had a think about your own strengths and weaknesses or where you are on the scales i know we mm. keep saying weaknesses but like you know where we're on those scales you were yeah. and what things you need to work on yeah this was fun thanks all we will you will hear us again i was gonna say we'll see you next week that's not a thing you can't see us we can't see you you will hear us again thank you all for being here bye Bye. 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 <laughs>